Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his friend, Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you today. Nice to see you as well. Uh, so we had a very interesting video last week talking about, really it boiled down to some subject to investing. We'll get to some of those comments, ask questions in a minute. But what I wanted to step back from that conversation is what I want people to hear from this is in a down cycle, a cycle where we just lost 18 million folks who we used to be qualified that aren't. Some sellers are going to want to sell. And everybody on YouTube University is talking about price, price, price. As someone who's been doing this for a long time, I have to tell you that sometimes I will overpay if I get the right terms, right? I'm a long-term buy and hold investor. So I just want to stress, at least in my opinion, more people need to think about using terms to get amazing deals, whether that's in real estate or buying a business, than make it all about price. Is, is that reasonable, Greg? Yeah, in a motivated seller's market. So yeah, when you're in a motivated seller's market, you have, you have price, terms, and you have the, you know, the financing, right? You need to pay cash, you finance, whatever. But yeah, I mean, terms can be way more important than price. And I've done it over and over and over. I mean, you know, one of the companies I started years ago was a pool, uh, pool spa landscaping company. It was a turnkey solution for your entire outdoor experience. And we needed a facility and we negotiated a deal from this couple on a building. It was a commercial building. They gave us 30-year terms on a commercial building because they didn't want to pay the capital gains and they wanted long-term income. Yeah. So no down payment, you know, just took it over and just gave them a 30-year, you know, 30-year note. And, uh, you know, we talked about subject to, I mean, there's, you know, there's lease options, master leases, I mean, a lot of different ways to structure terms, but it's not always about price to exactly. us, but it sometimes it is to the seller. So you want to have, you know, you want to be a transaction engineer, right? You want to have creative solutions and options and dig a little deeper with people. If they can't sell, there's going to be a reason, or if they don't want to sell, there's going to be a reason, um, you know, and there's just all kinds of ways to get to that and creative things you can do to provide, you know, that win-win solution for everybody. Yeah, I love that. I've never heard that transaction engineer. That's that that is a that's exactly what you need to be. And again, we talked about in video number two, you have if you're going to do real estate the next two years, and again, I'm free to admit this, right? As I did last week, I have so much to learn. 22 years of doing this for me, it's been price, some private money, some seller financing, but I haven't done a lease option. I haven't done subject to, I haven't done all of these other things that I think are going to be useful going forward. I want to go back to your example of a 30-year built 30-year note on a commercial building. I'm going to guess you really didn't care about price, right? It's like, okay, 30-year note, fully am, what's the interest rate payment? Price was like the third or fourth most important thing. It wasn't the top, I'm guessing. No, no. It was uh, you know, I think we negotiated that because they wanted a, a aggressive price. And they said, Well, you know, I can meet your price if you if you'd like to finance it. You know, and it was basically payments till paid. It was a zero yep. interest, 30 year, um, you know, payments till paid. So we paid them, I don't even remember, 5,000 bucks a month, 3,000 a month, whatever it was, yeah. you know, for 30 years. And then they, that equaled their number. So there was yep. no interest, no amortization, none of I've, that. I've done that You know, too. and it's kind of like the old adage is that, you know, hey, I'll give you a million dollars for your house, you know, any house, if you'll meet my terms. Exactly. So I'll give you, you know, 500 a month for the next 40 years you know, if that, if that equals a million dollars or whatever it is. So mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of times terms can overcome price, but you know, at some point you got to weigh the price, right? You yeah, look of course. At the value. It's just, I, I, what I wanted to do here is get people to really think about being, to use your term, a transaction engineer and frankly listening, right? I think the last two years um, 
a lot of wholesalers stepped into the game and it's all been about price and quick close. I think what's coming, probably not price, not cash and quick close. I think it's going to be a very different market. People are going to be in very different equity positions. Uh, their mortgages potentially are going to be assets, unlike last time, which way they were toxic, truly toxic. So I think, I think the flexibility, I think the opportunity to learn more skills is something I'm looking forward to. I have, as we said last week, things to learn and, and you've helped me kind of identify some of those. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, how much should I pay for a property? And I, my answer to that is you can pay as much as you want, yeah. as long as it meets your parameters and it works, you know, so that's up to the individual. And what I mean by that is if you have to put a down payment down, you're going to be looking for a return on that. So what kind of return are you looking for? Or, you know, if the property, if you're just looking for a bond play and, you know, the property doesn't make any money, maybe it's a little negative, but it pays itself off through income over 30 years and you own the asset free and clear, that might be okay with some people, you know, and they don't need any other return. So, you know, you can pay as much as you want for a property, as long as it meets the parameters that you're looking for. Yeah. And as we've seen, you know, in, in the last couple of years, people are willing to pay a lot more for property in a competitive environment with zero interest rates effective, you know, effective rates of, you know, in the twos, I mean, that's almost free, yeah. you know, just like vehicles. I mean, why yeah. are vehicles 70 to a hundred thousand bucks? Cause you can finance them for five years at zero interest, you know, and, and people are looking at those payments and it's just obnoxious that car payments have gotten to a thousand dollars or $1,500 a month. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions from our video last week that I want to ask um, just to help me understand. Also help me answer questions in the future. Um, some of these I know, but I just thought we would hit together. Uh, one of the comments basically said sub two is bank fraud. And it's right there on the California Association of Realtors standard form. Sub two is like, I don't know, it's on page four or whatever it is. I, I, I don't know how somebody could think that's bank fraud. When you hear that, do you, do you understand what they're saying? Maybe I don't. Well, you know, um, they're just uninformed. So the number one, they don't know what the definition of bank fraud is, you yeah. know, and number two, they don't know what, you know, real estate law and rules are and ownership. So when right. you get a mortgage, you take title to the property, you own the property, mm -hmm. the bank is lending you the money to buy the property. It's your property. You can do whatever you want with it, but mm -hmm. there are covenants in the loan that says, if you transfer title, you got to pay it off. Right. So what that, I think what that individual was saying, and some people said, well, you can't transfer the title. That's that's illegal. It's bank fraud, whatever. It's not illegal. It's totally legal. It's your property. You can do whatever you want. But there is a mortgage attached to it that mm -hmm. says it needs to be paid off. So what, yeah. what bank fraud is, it's defrauding the bank to get the funds. Mm -hmm. You can't commit bank fraud after you've gotten a loan. You commit bank fraud before you get the loan. Mm -hmm. The only recourse the bank has after the loan, once they've lent you the money, if there was no fraud to obtain the loan. Mm -hmm. So again, bank fraud happens to obtain a loan, not after the loan. Mm. What happens is if you do something after the loan that violates the covenants, mm -hmm. the terms of your loan and agreement, well, then they can foreclose. So they well, can call they, the loan. They, would, well, they, call the so loan. they can call the loan due. They have to declare in default. There's Correct. a process. Then they can foreclose. Mm -hmm. So that's not bank fraud. That's no, just a covenant the, the agreement. Was, yep. The agreement says it's got to be paid off. So once you transfer title, it can trigger the due mm -hmm. on sale clause. But I haven't seen it happen yet. Yeah. You know. But it can. It can. It, well, yeah. you're in technical default when you do that, and you know it. But yeah. the bank has to still go through the process. And as long as they're getting the payments, they usually they don't care. Yeah, one of the things that I think is really interesting, again, having been in the game a long time, is at least most of the loans that I get, the bank that gives me the loan is not the person I'm paying. They usually sell it to a servicer. And a servicer gets a fee for collecting mortgage payments. So 
servicers, uh, as long as they're getting paid, not really incented to, to call the loan. If it stays at a bank or they portfolio to warehouse it, whatever that's called. Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Um, you know, if the prevailing interest rate is six or 7% and you're, you're paying on a two and a half, it's probably in the bank's interest to call the loan. Um, but again, I think a lot of servicers, it's not in their interest. But again, we'll see. I'm still learning. Uh, next one. Is a sub two, is, uh, does a sub two involve getting an option on a property? Well, no. So an option is the right to purchase at a future date. So, you know, you can have an option to take title subject to the existing mortgage, but, you know, subject to is that's transferring title to a property subject to the existing mortgage, meaning the existing mortgage stays in place. You're taking title to the property. Options, a whole different thing that gives you the right to purchase something at right. a future date. Yeah. And at a likely a future price, likely. Yeah, whatever. Or, or an agreed upon price. And, you know, you can say, hey, I'll give you $100,000. You know, I want an option to buy this property for hundred grand, but I'm going to close in six months, you know, or a year. Yeah. So you can agree on the price up front, or you can say whatever the price is for down the road, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. So it's a negotiation. Uh, in a subject to deal, is it required that you notify the lending institution? No. So the loan agreement in terms may say that, but again, you, it's your property. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not, you, you know, you're not notifying anybody. You're not doing any of that. You're just continuing to make the payments. Now they can call, you know, they can declare you in default if you don't notify them, because that's probably part of the terms agreement covenants. I'm, I'm sure. It is. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the loan says that, but the whole point of the subject too, is you're taking the property, you know, title to the property subject to the existing loan, which stays in place with the seller. So uh, one of the questions we get about is, let's assume this goes through subject to what um, protections does the, because the loan stays in the previous owner's name, what what um, protections do they have that you're paying the bills? They don't. So, <laughs> you know, that's the risk they're taking is that you won't and you'll default. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, a seller could say, you know, you pay me and I'll pay the bank, but that doesn't, but then you lose the control as the investor. So the seller's taking a risk by entering into this agreement with you that you won't make the payment. You're also taking a risk that something will happen. The seller could have a financial issue, you know, bankruptcy or whatever. And then that can tie the mortgage up and then that can create a problem for you. So there is risk. That's why you need to know mm -hmm. what you're doing, need to understand the risks and make sure your worst case scenario is the loan gets called or you have to pay it off. So you need to have the ability to be able to do that. So you don't want to do these transactions if you do not have the ability to pay that loan off at some point in time or get it refinanced or whatever, because that's your worst case scenario, you know, if, if everything goes wrong. The other thing is, do you want to touch on the whether it's legal question? or Yeah, go for it. No, go for okay. it. Okay. So I, there was another comment that said, you know, isn't that illegal? So, um, and they said, you know, can you show precedent where it's legal? Well, there is no precedent because it's legal. So a lot of the deals that I've gotten over the years come from attorneys, you know, they have a client who's in trouble, says, hey, you want to take this property over subject to. Mm -hmm. So whenever somebody says it's illegal, just call an attorney, a real yeah. estate attorney in your area and ask about subject too, because every state is different. They have their own real estate laws. Sure. Um, you know, and I know like with lease options and all that, like Texas, there's a big issue with lease options, hmm. you know, and how that has to be done. Very specific thing. Mm -hmm. So they may have something a little bit different on subject too sure. as well, but lease options are a really big deal. Like, so a lease options typically where, you know, I lease your property with an option to buy it. Then I turn around and like lease that out to somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole thing in Texas. That's a big problem. 
but subjects two is different. But just just call a real estate attorney in your area and ask them yeah. about the rules and laws around subject two and how it works. And you know, there is no case precedent because you know, there's no, it's not against the law. So it's yeah. not like it's been to court and all that. Yeah. I can't speak to any other state, uh, but I got my California association of realtor license and then didn't renew, but I had it for a couple of years and subject to is right on the standard form. It's yeah. Pretty much what, every form and every HUD, every HUD statement, you know, housing right urban development. So from the federal government, I mean, this is a real thing and you mm-hmm. know, loans have been assumed. This is not assume you're not no, assuming no. the loan, no. but loans are assumable. A lot of them, you know, and in, in, in things and subject to has been a thing going back since the beginning of real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's educating yourself first. So, you know, people have knee jerk reactions when they hear things that they don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not new. There's nothing new under the sun in real estate. You know, all of these different shiny package bells and whistles that people put on their little, you know, new technique or astro flipping or these stupid things that you see out there. This is stuff that's been going on for, you know, as long as real estate's been a thing in this country, mm-hmm. you know, that people are just repackaging, put a little bow on and trying to sell some little system. It's, you know, there's no new way to do real estate. You can be as creative as you want. Pretty much everything's already been done before you ever heard about it. Mm-hmm. So just go ask an attorney and just yeah. research it to make sure it's legal in your state and what the rules yeah. are what are the parameters rules? in your state. You know, just yeah. like wholesaling. People will say wholesaling is illegal. You know, it's not, you know, wholesaling is not illegal because what wholesaling is, is you having... A, a contract for something and you know then you're assigning that contract to an end buyer for a fee mm-hmm. so that's what people call wholesaling mm-hmm. you know it's just an assignment and you know once you have a contract for something you know with a seller well you've got equitable you know title to that property equitable interest in that property mm-hmm. again different states have different rules and laws about contracts mm-hmm. but you know there is no state where that is illegal what states are doing now is they're you know, trying to require a real estate license if you if you do so many of those and those types of things. But if that were challenged, it wouldn't hold up because you're dealing with, you know, real estate property rights. And you can't deny somebody the right once you enter into a contract to assign that contract. That's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, what the issue is, is with people listing those properties for sale like they're the owner or something. Yeah, there's there's Really what this conversation is really about is a, as I said last week, and I mentioned many times, I need to skill up in areas around terms. Uh, I have historically done seller finance deals where they owned it free and clear kind of straight up, you know, first trust deed standard, rather simple, but very rewarding deals. Uh, I do now plan to do 50, 40, tens where the seller actually gets a second. Uh, and I think there's going to be opportunities with uh, what might be a foreclosure or pre foreclosure opportunities next year. Uh, as the economy slows down. And I think this is something I just got to figure out. Never done one, not pretending like I have, uh, but it's something I'm definitely looking into. Uh, so again, terms, we have to yeah, understand. And so the other question is, why would a seller even want to do that anyways? Generally, it's because they can't sell. So yeah. it's motivated sellers that, that can't sell. Why can't they sell? Either the property needs repairs and it's just a bad property, nobody wants it, or uh, it could be you know no equity, um, you, you just never know. So this is generally these creative things are generally when, you know, you have motivated sellers that are otherwise not able to sell their property. Yeah. I, and again, I think, I think we're going to see a broken housing market for a couple of years where transactions are way off, which means motivated sellers will be easier to find, right? Because I still yeah. think the perfect properties sell because there will be FHA and VA buyers, but most properties, Greg, as you know, aren't perfect. There's hair on it. And FHA well, and VA buyers stuff. Yeah, and like you said, price. So if you got a seller who paid a million dollars at the top of the market, but they got a two two percent interest payment, you know, mortgage. Well, 
you know, they can't sell for a million now. The house is worth seven fifty. You don't want to pay a million. But when you look at that payment, you're like, well, wait a minute, I can, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, take it over. Exactly. I think, I think a lot of opportunities come in again. Take it takes, but as we said, uh, you have to build competence, right? You have to focus, build confidence, build confidence. I have areas to improve on. Uh, any closing thoughts and where people can find you? Yeah. So the 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 takeaway from this is always be curious. If you hear something that you're like, well, it doesn't sound right. Da, 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 be curious. Okay. Well, people are doing this. So how does this work? Yeah. You know, what's going on? Or, you know, if it's too good to be true, be curious, ask deeper questions. That's where you often find the things that, you know, we just don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where the opportunities are. The biggest opportunities are out there and what you don't know. Agreed. And, you know, and what you think you know to be true, that's not. Those are where your biggest roadblocks can be. So be curious, ask deeper questions. If you're hearing something that other people are doing and it doesn't make sense, dig into it and learn about it because it could be an opportunity for you. Um, so, yep, gregdickerson.com. That's where all my info is. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you.